0: Last night, somebody told me a very disturbing thing. In his neighborhood right now, or rather in the uh, group of neighborhoods that comprise the greater area in which he lives, there is a, a, a new Heksher came in, a new Heksher came into the neighborhood, and there is a, uh, a strong disagreement taking place amongst many Shul Rabbonim regarding whether it's a good thing or not a good thing that this Heksher came in. And he told me that in shul he heard somebody say he doesn't understand how the, these Rabbonim, how today's Rabbonim in general, he said, how today's Rabbonim can say in the morning by davening, sholim without laughing. Because huh, they're, they're, they're making machloikis. The today's Rabbonim, they, they just make machloikis. Just look at this. This one says, it's not good for the Heksher to be here. The other one says, it is good for the Heksher to be here. That's a That's not. That's not Sholem. Now, what this person said is a mistake on many levels. There, there are so many mistakes in there. It's it's hard to list them. First, he doesn't know what talmidei chachamim mean. Second, he doesn't know what shalom means. The truth is, he doesn't even know what olim means in that context. Marbe? Maybe. Maybe he knows what marbe means. But I, I just want to focus on shalom and talmidei chachamim for now first Sholem. Sholem peace does not mean that everybody should just live and let live and allow everybody to do whatever they want. There's a Gemara in Shabbos that talks about a halacha of Sefer Torah Min. If an Apikiris writes a Sefer Torah, the Gemara says, Now, obviously, Apikaius writes a Sefer Torah, he doesn't mean L'Shem Shemayim by the the Shem Hashem. But every letter of the Sefer Torah is written with precision accuracy. Every tag is there. Every Shem Hashem is there. The halacha is that we don't treat that Sefer Torah like a chumash that was written by a printing press, that a printing press obviously can't mean L'Shem Shemayim. Uh, But rather, we take that Sefer Torah out and we burn it. We burn the Sefer Torah with all the Shem Hashem, with all the Psukim, with all the Torah in it. The Rambam says the reason we do this is Kadesh alayl haniach shemli apikarsim, so as not to commemorate apikarsim, so as not to enhance the reputation of apikarsim, so as not to celebrate any contribution that apikarsim made to our religion. And by using that Sefer Torah, or even by allowing it to sit in in the base Medrash, or by not burning it, what you're doing is you are uh, tacitly accepting the contribution of a Sefer Torah from an Apikairis, and we cannot allow an Apikairis to do that, so we burn the Sefer Torah. Now, the Gemara learns this out from a pasuk. The Gemara says, by Megillah Soita, we dissolve the Shem Hashem in water in order to make Sholem between a man and his wife. And therefore, says the Gemara, if we erase the Shem Hashem in order to make Sholem between a man and his wife, we should erase the Shem Hashem, burn the Sefer Torah in order to make Sholem between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Kalal Yisrael. And so long as there are Apikarsim, Contributing to our religion, so long as apikarsim are being commemorated, so long as we're not we're being maniach shame laapikarsim, there is no shalom between Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Klal Yisrael. It's not the pshat the Gemara says that it's a mitzvah to be a kanoi and burn the Sefer Torah. There's a mitzvah in this case to make a machloikis and burn the Sefer Torah. That's not a machloikis. That's that's considered making sholem. And the Satmar points out, points this out. And he says, "Look, look, this is this is what Sholom is." And he, then he says that this halacha of Sefer Torah of mini soreif is not written in Hilchas Sefer Torah in the Rambam or Hilchas Tfilin. It's Nigeya no Hilchas Sefer Torah and Hilchas The Rambam put it in Hilchus Yisodei HaTorah. The Rambam put this halacha of Sefer Torah mini soreif in Hilchos Yisodei HaTorah because this is one of the Yisoy Dei Reb Chaim Briska had a similar ayeg, which Grada the Divriol also happens to say, from, from the Posuk by Pinchas. Pinchas did an act of, of kanoyas. He skewered Zimri and as a, a reward, it says he gets us Brisi sholoyim. Now Reb Chaim asks that whenever uh, a person let's say in the army gets a medal, he gets an award. The award reflects what the uh, accomplishment was that the person getting the reward did so let's say a person's a sharpshooter in the army he's going to get a medal maybe that's shaped like a rifle or if he is a great uh, pilot so he's going to get a medal shaped as an airplane or if a person uh, wins a race he's going to get a trophy with a runner on top or a bowling trophy has a ball and pins but over here he did an act of canoias and it doesn't say that he's getting as brisi canoias it says he's getting as brisi sholim. So says Reb Hayim, and the Divrei oil also brings this to Azariah. You see from here that putting down the Rishoyim, the sinners, when the when it's appropriate to do so, is an act of Shalom. And the reason is simple. The Gemara says because it's an act of Shalom between Klali Saron and Avinu Shabbashamayim. Imagine. Uh, You live in a a city or or a country and there's a king and there are rebels against the king, revolutionaries against the king, insurgents that are always agitating against the king, against his laws, against recognizing him. Maybe we don't even recognize the king. So that's chaos. That's bedlam. That's machloikis. And the way to be besholem, the way to bring Sholem peace to that province to that kingdom is not to say okay live and let live let the revolutionaries rebel against the king let them agitate against the king's laws no that that invites chaos the only way to make Sholem in such a medina is to get the rebels to stop or to put down the rebellion and putting down the rebellion is an act of Sholem. i always i always use the marshal. let's say uh, there's a man he has a wife and the wife has an enemy. The enemy embarrasses the, the guy's wife, uh, throws eggs at her in the street. Terrible, terrible uh, behavior towards this person's wife. Now, the next day, next week, the guy, the husband invites this person for Shabbos meal. And the wife asks, why are you inviting this guy to a Shabbos meal in our house? He says, well, I'm not a Balmachloikis, I, I, I have nothing, I only see the good in people. No, that's not shalom bias. <laughs> shalom bias between the husband and the wife would demand that to defend his wife's honor and to stick up for his wife's dignity. I, I'm not saying he has to go out and assault this person, although, although we would understand if he would. But I am saying that inviting this man to Shabbos sudas, or inviting him to your your bar mitzvahs or your simchas because Godol Hasholem is silly because your shalom bias is what is what comes first, and and so too our shalom bias between us and Hakadosh Baruch Hu comes first. If there is somebody that is assaulting Hakadosh Baruch Hu, either because he's an apikiris or because he's doing Maisa Zimri. Or because he wants to give a bad Heksher or to stop a good Heksher, or whatever it is. If he's, somebody's doing a bad thing, there's a mitzvah to stick up for what's right. Now, what to do in each case, it depends on what level. So, on what level offense was committed. A sefer Torah that an not be You're talking about not be curious. There you burn the sefer Torah. Uh, somebody else that's not an because writes a Sefer Teirah, then you don't burn it. We miss paul every day for the Apikorosim to die in V'lam al-Shinim. Apicursum are very bad and there's mamish, uh, m- we're not allowed uh, to be many shame l'Apikorosim. We can't celebrate their contributions in any way whatsoever. Then there's somebody like Zimri. Pinchas did what he's supposed to do, kanoyim poygen boy with Zimri and he got his preci sholim. Then there's, in general, nobody is um, burning and down anybody's houses or skewering anybody but to stick up for what's right. You're supposed to do that. And that's not called making machloikis. That's called making sholom between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Chal Yisrael. Now, of course, you have to know that what you're doing is right, and we're going to get to that shortly. But it's wrong to say that if uh, Talmidei Chachomim stick up for what's right, then uh, that, that's a stira to Talmidei Chachomim Marbim Sholim The Chasam Soifer and the maram Shik say Pshat M's v'Sholim O'Havoy. It doesn't mean two things M's or Sholom, either or. It means M's v'Sholim together, and that's the only type of Sholim that Hashem loves, a Sholim that has M's as a prerequisite. First, uh, there has to be ms. Once there's ms, now there can be shalom. But without ms, without the truth, shalom that's not based on ms. Hashem does not love such a shalom. That's not called a shalom. It's much like shalom bias between a person and his wife. If there's a meddling mother-in-law, listen. Many times, people have come to me, and couples, in my career in the, during my career in the rabbinate. There's a meddling relative that's messing up Shalom bias. Let's say a mother in law, brother in law, whatever it is. So, if after all attempts at stopping this person's behavior does not help, then clearly there is no choice but to say, no, we are not letting this troublemaker into the house. If you want to come into our house, don't mess up our Shalom bias. It's as simple as that. If it's a choice between letting the troublemaker in and ruining the shalom bias of the couple or not letting the troublemaker in and maintaining the shalom bias of the couple, if those are the only two choices and nothing else works, then the right choice is the shalom bias of the couple comes first between the shalom bias of a person and the, the, the troublemaker whoever the troublemaker may be. HaKadosh Baruch, the shalom between HaKadosh Baruch and Klal Israel comes first. And there is nothing wrong with Rabbonim st- sticking up for what they hold is right. Again, we're not talking about skewering anybody. We're not talking about burning anybody's Sifrei Torah. Simply sticking up for what's right more than it's not a bad thing. They're mechayiv to do it. If a, a, a Rav sees a Pirza, then he's mechiv to stick up against it. And that's the primary Sholom that we as Jews are interested in. Sholom between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. A- Aside from this, it's really, you can't win over here. Because how many times do you hear Balabatim complaining about the Rabbanim, that they're wimpy and they don't stick up for what's right? So when they do stick up, then they're balimachloikis. When they don't stick up, then they're wimpy. What's really happening is that these balabatim want the Rabbanim to stick up for what the balabatim want them to stick up for. And when the balabatim aren't interested in them sticking up for what's right, then they become balimachloikis. So it's really the, it has nothing to do with... Uh, sticking up for what's right or not sticking up for what's right. It just has to do with whatever the particular balabos that's complaining, whatever he thinks is right. Which brings me to the second issue. What's a Talmud Chachem? So, first thing is that it's so important to know, and it's silly that I even have to mention this, that not every Shul Rav is a Talmud Chachem. We should not conflate a person's position with a person's status. There are Talmidei Chachamim that have no positions. Rabhaim Chaim Kanievsky is one, the Chazinish was another, the Vilnagoin was a third. And there are people with positions that are not Talmidei Chachomim. The Rambam talks about such people. It's the Rambam in Hilchas Talmud Teireh. He says over, talking over there about a Talmud Shloi Higil Moira. A student, he's not a apikiris, he's not a friar guy. He's a regular Talmud, a yeshiva man, he learns Torah. But he's yet not ready to paskin, and he paskins. Harezeh Roshah Shoyteh He's this guys a Roshah, a Shoite and a Gasroach. Now, before I go weiter, uh, I want to mention that everybody knows this Rambam comes from a mission in Pirkei Oves. But in Pirkei Oves it says, Hagas shaita Here the Rambam says, Rosha shaita Why did the Rambam change? I have a pshat. The pshat is like this. The reason why this guy, this Talmud Shloh is Paschini Shailas, the reason why he became a rabbi, Let's say he really means it, L'shem Shemayim, he has good intentions, or at the very least he convinces himself that he does. He figures, you know what, um, I can inspire people, um, this Hevra, this if, if they don't hire me, they'll hire somebody worse, which is very possible, or maybe they won't have any rub at all. They need somebody to lead them. Look at them. They're they're lost sheep. They're not going to really hire anybody better than me. They're not going to go to anybody better than me. Let me become their At least it's a step up for them. Maybe that's what he thinks. And there are many people. I know people who think that. And he figures that even if, you know, he's not the biggest Talmud Chochem in the world, still his being a rov is net positive under the circumstances. So says the Mishnah, no. He's a shaita roshu v'gasruach, but koidim kol, he's a shaita. Because his cheshbin is wrong. You can't lead a community unless you're qualified to lead. If people don't want to choose a better Rav, that's on them. But once they choose you, thinking that you are really a qualified Rav, and then you mislead them, Even if they would mislead themselves more, if you mislead them, now it's on you. The whole Rabim is on you. The fact that now they learn from what you do, the wrong things, and they teach it to their children and their children's children, and you maybe are in charge of an entire community— now that's on you, and more than that. Now your your Balabatim are going to think that they have a rav, and they know what they're talking about, and what's going to be. There's another rav and another shul who really knows what he's talking about. And now, your guys are going to say, that rav doesn't know what he's talking about. What I mean? My rav, he, he's a hush of a guy. He says differently than that other one. It, it's a disaster. So, He's a Shoter Rosh of Agas Ruach, but kol, more than anything else, he's a Shoter. That's what the Mishnah says. But now when the Rambam wants to record this halacha, the Rambam is talking about after the Mishnah already said not to do it. The Mishnah already said the Cheshbin is, is a Shtus. The Mishnah already said you're a Shoter Rosh of Agas And now, if after the Mishnah said it's not a legitimate Cheshbin, now you do it anyway, now, you're more of a Russia than anything else because you didn't listen to the Mishnah. So, the Mishnah said, And the Rambam's saying, No, now that the Mishnah said it, and you don't listen to the Mishnah, you're a v'gasruach because you're more of a rosha than anything else. Now, let's continue the Rambam. The same thing about Somebody that is capable of Paskening, of leading people, and he doesn't tell people anything. He withholds from them. His Torah, HaRizemaynei <speaking> HaTorah, V'noisein Mechshalois, <Hebrew> Lepnei HaIvrim, V'alav Nemah V'yatsumum Kol Harugeho. Eloha Talmidim hakatanim. These are the small Talmidim, Shloi Hirbu Torah that did not accumulate the appropriate amount of Torah, but nevertheless, He Mavaksim lihizgadel bifneame ho'orets, ubein Anshe irom. But they want to become great to the ignoramuses and the people of their town. So they come, and they may have shitas, and they paskin shailas. And their only qualification is that their constituency, no less than he does. Says the Rambam. This is the pertinent part. They increase discord. And they destroy the world. Now I want to go back to these words, The Rambam Lechayre means to say that they increase discord. But if you look carefully, that's not what he says. If that's what he wanted to say, he would not have had to have those two hay's. He would have said, heim marbim machloikis. What the Rambam really says here technically is, heim hamarbim ha-machloikis. They are the ones who increase the discord. As if there is a specific machloikis he's talking about. What does the Rambam mean? The Rambam means like this. As I said before. If, if somebody that's not qualified becomes a rover, becomes a leader, or becomes a and becomes a dying or whatever, not only is he going to be misleading people, but he, Machloike certainly will ensue. What will happen is somebody who, who is a Talmud Chalchem is going to make a Macho against him. When he expresses his bad dais and his wrong opinions and he's, he misleads people, then somebody else is going to get up and say, don't ask this guy Shilas, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a big machloikis. The balabatim are going to say, Ha-ha, how could these people wake up in the morning and say, Talmid HaChacham HaMarbim sholim without laughing? And why do Rabbonim have to fight with each other? And why does he have to attack myrov And there's going to be, a uh, machloikis will inevitably ensue. That is for sure. If a Talmud Shlohi is Moira, and he goes and makes himself a, a leader of Amaratzim, or not even Amaratzim, Anshei doesn't have to be Amaratzim, the Rambam says, there's going to be machloikis inevitably. That's a fact. The only question is, whose fault is it? This guy, remember, he's a shayta roshavagas ruach. He says, what what does the guy want from me? Live and let live. Look, if not for me, they would would, uh, have somebody worse. I'm doing a good job. My existence here in this position is net positive. The only question is who's for who's right, says the Rambam. Not heim marbim machloikis; they will increase dissent. Heim hamarbim hamachloikis; they are the ones that increase the dissent, the dissent, the discord that will inevitably happen. They are the ones that increase the machloikis, the machloikis which will happen when this guy gets up and is moire, uh, even though he's a tamid Gilahiro. There are such people. Now, on top of this, this this is just a guy who on his own, let's say, opens a base medrash even though and Paskin isn't he assumes for himself a mantle that he's not qualified to assume. But it gets worse. Let's say he doesn't open up a shul. He doesn't jump. He's not keifetz to become a roish in front of the Amaratzim. He he's not like that. No. He actually got elected to be a Rav. He got hired by a bunch of people. He doesn't want to be kaifitz. They chose him. They actually chose him as their Rav. Now, the question is, do these people know how to hire a Rav? Who are the ones that decide who the Rabbonim are? The balabatim decide who the rabbanim are. We have to understand that. The balabatim don't decide who the Talmidei Chachamim are. They don't decide who the Reb Chaim Kaniev, They didn't decide Rabhaim Chaim Kaniefsky is the a They did not decide the Chazon is a Talmid Chacham. They did not decide Revel Yashiv is a Talmud Chacham, and they did not decide the Vilnegin is a Talmid Chacham. They didn't even decide Reb Moshe Feinstein's is Talmid even though he was a Rish Shiva. They can decide who can be the Rish Shiva. In order for somebody to be a rish yeshiva, he can open a yeshiva on his own, but he needs talmidim and he needs people to support the yeshiva. Otherwise, the yeshiva, he won't survive. He's a toila on other people. Every rov is toil on other people. Even if he opens up a shul, people have to come daven there, their expenses. And even if he covers his own expenses, let's say he's a wealthy guy, covers his own expenses. He still needs people to come uh, daven there. If nobody comes, he, he doesn't have a shul. And if he wants to expand, he wants to make a building campaign and get more people to come to the shul, he, ha- he's a, he has to recruit. But all the more so if the Kihila actually hires the Rav. Or there's a community yeshiva where the community gets together and starts a yeshiva, decides on a rosh Hashiva. There, it's the balabatim who decide who the Rabbonim are. And it's the Balabatim who decide who the Rosh are. It's the parents of the children that decide whether to send their children to a certain yeshiva. The Balabatim, the parent body, decide who the successful Rosh yeshiva are. The Talmidim themselves decide who the successful Russia Yeshiva are. I want to tell you a story. I heard this from Reptuvia Goldstein, who's Talmud of Rebelchonon in Branovich. He told me that Rebelchonon used to learn different Masehtas than the average Yeshivashi Yeshiva. The average she Yeshiva learns Noshim and Azikin mostly. Rebelchon learned Masehtas Kesedar, Brachis Shabbos, Erevin, like that. And and the Bachrim in Branovich, they had had younger Bachrim than then most other people, uh, they used to go, let's say, from Branovich to, to Reborach Beret, to Kamenetz, to other places. Reborach Beret, uh, excuse me, had like well, we well, like a high school today, that type bochrim. And Reborchanon uh, used to learn these masechtas, and the Bachrim in yeshiva wanted to learn like all the other yeshivas. So they came to Reborchanon with a complaint. They said, we want to learn uh, yeshiva shemasechtas. It's funny, isn't it, that... Um, uh, the Bochim and Rebukhanan's yeshiva were complaining that Rebukhanan, Rebukhanan's mahalach and running his yeshiva isn't yeshivish enough. So Rebukhanan said, no, this is what's best for you, and that's what we're going to do. So the Bochim told Rebukhanan, ah, but we have a Gemara on our side. The Gemara says, Yilman a person has to learn whatever he wants to learn. And a Rebbe has to teach whatever the Talmidim want. So you know Rebbe khanan told them? Rebbe Tubi was one of the Talmudim. He told me this is firsthand. He said that's only when the Talmidim know what they want. If the Talmidim think they know what they want and they really don't, then it's not Negea. So people hire a Rav. Do they have any idea what a Rav should be? Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Some people do, some people don't. There's no question about that. So if a bunch of people get together and they, they hire a rov, not for the right reasons, what do you expect that rov to be? There are people who hire a on him for their charisma. There are people who hire a on him because, you know what, this rov is able to build up the shul. Maybe the shul needs more members. Oh, he can build up the shul. And even if they hire him for his spiritual attainments, who says the Baal know what spiritual attainments are? Maybe they hired him because he's such a big Zionist. Oh, he's a Havis Srol. Everybody has different ideas of what's right and what's wrong, and everybody hires their Rabbonim based upon those ideas. Everybody also has ideas of what their shul needs, and they hire Rabbonim based on those needs as well. And there really is no other way about, well, there is another way. You know, Rabbi Yosef engel Paskins, based on a it's in his tshuvas, that not everybody really should be allowed to vote on who the rov is, That who the rov is. Not everybody has a right to vote for the rov, to hire him. Only the B'nai Torah should have a right, because the people who are not B'nai are the amarats, and they have any idea what a good rov is. Like a shaykhet. They have any idea who should be a shaykhet. They have any idea what a good shaykhet is. So, too, they have no idea what a good rav is. So he mamish paskins lamaisa that only the B'nai Torah should be allowed to vote when they hire a rav. Uh, (laughs) Who are the B'nai Torah that's going to, that needs a psak also itself. But there are Amaratzim that, know they are Amaratzim. Look, aren't there halachas of Amaratzim? In Hilchus, yichud, uh, Amaretz also lechol bosor. And Amaretz uh, shouldn't be by Churva. They're all, somebody should write a say for Hilchis Amoritz, and there are people who know they're and Those people should recuse themselves from voting for a rov if they have no idea who a rov is. But even if they don't want to recuse themselves, people who are not B'nai Tyrus, Ezer B'Yosef Engel really should not be Uh, voting for Rav because they have no idea what they're talking about. Now, obviously, uh, practically speaking, in the world that we live in, that's not going to happen so fast. But in theory, uh, there's an important point made over there. Uh, Everybody hires Rabbonim based upon, A, their needs, and B, what they think is right. But that isn't always correct. And it's certainly, certainly, without a doubt, is not the same as what the people uh, down the road or in the next neighborhood, or even next door, in their shul, think is right and wrong. And there really is no other prayer. Everybody has to hire their rabbonim um, at, uh, using their, the best uh, abilities that they can. But what is a problem when is when somebody comes and says, well, you know what, the majority of rabbis in this neighborhood hold XYZ, therefore that's what we should do. Wait. No. I mean, th- there are certain times where all the Rabbonim have to come to one decision. Uh, let's say there's a community Erev, let's say there's a community mikveh or something like that. There's no choice. And uh, if that's the case, and it bothers you what the community Erev or the mikveh is like, and you have a right to be bothered if you, if you honestly are, if you know what you're talking about, then, you know, Rabbi Yossi ben Kisma said, He's only going to live in Amokim Torah. And by the way, where he moved out of, what he considered not a makam Torah, we're not talking about bad people living there. Uh, the mission in Pirkei says, they came to Rebiosi Bar Kisma and they said, we'll give you all the money in the world to come live in our neighborhood. Th- th- those are not bad people. Can you imagine Somebody goes to, uh, let's say, Reb Chaim Kanievsky as a neighborhood, and they said, we made a collection, you name your price, whatever you want, however much money you want, come to our neighborhood. We want you there. Wouldn't that speak really well of the people in that neighborhood? They are looking for Talmud Chochum, they're looking for Reb Yosif Bar Kisma to come live in their neighborhood. And they're willing to pay anything, any price. So they weren't bad people, bad but Rabbi Ossipa said, no, taira. so you you have a braira to live wherever you want, but if you live in a neighborhood where there are uh, a polyglot um, of different types of people and different types of Rabbonim, then yeah, there's going to be areas where the Rabbonim have to cooperate and there is no braira. But, there are other areas where the rabbonim don't have to cooperate with each other. That means they do not have to have one daya. Every Rav runs his shul, according to the way he sees fit. But the Rav that runs his shul does not run somebody else's shul. And the fact that there are other rabbonim of shuls that agree with him, whatever the issue is, does not mean that every Rav in the neighborhood has to acquiesce to the majority of random shul rabbis. That's not the way it works. There, there, there are people in a shul that would not eat in the home of some of these rabbis. I'm not talking about anybody specific and not specific neighborhood. and I have no body or no neighborhood specifically in mind. I'm talking purely theoretical. There are rabbis who people would not eat in their homes. And maybe they would eat in their homes but they wouldn't drink their wine unless it's Mavushal. They certainly wouldn't consider them Marei Hairalh a good speaker, even if they wouldn't, they would not allow their children to go to this man's hummus because they're afraid he's going to say Deus is So now th- that's why there are different shuls and guzunta uh, hates that let there be, let there be, I'm not even saying which Rabbonam are right, which Rabbonam are wrong. But the fact of the matter is this is, there are, this is, this is what a polyglot community is. This is we don't have in constant homogeneous communities. And Vadharabonims, there are two types of Vadharabonims. There, there's one vaharabonim, let's say, rabbinic organizations, don't, not necessarily called Vadharabonim. Let's say the hizachtos harabonim. The hizachtos harabonim are, are, are a group of people of like that are like-minded, same school of thought, basically on the same page. They can have disagreements, and they do have disagreements regarding details, but they basically have the same hashkopha, the same ideas, the same values, same priorities. Uh, the OU is another example. Maybe they're a bit more broad, but basically there is a common denominator between them. The RCA, Emuno Women, it's not a rabbinic organization, but that type of organization. The Nature Carta, Uh, We have organizations of of like-minded people. Then you have other organizations that the only common denominator between the members is that they live within a certain distance of each other. You have vahra of communities or collections of communities where the only common denominator between Rabbi A and Rabbi B or Shul A and Shul B is geographical. They live within the same vicinity. In those places... How could somebody say that because there's a, a majority of Rabbonim that have a certain hashkafa, let's say, so everybody has to accept that hashkafa? Again, if you're talking about a, something where there can only be one uh, decision for an entire community, such as an Erev or a Mikvah maybe, so then there's no braira, there's nothing to do. It's, it's certainly not an ideal situation, but there's nothing to do about it. But if you're talking about um, other things— where you don't need everybody to agree on something, then everybody needs to follow their own rav. There's no such thing. The majority of rabbis in a community. Imagine, imagine this. You know how sometimes when people vote, so let's say a shul votes, so then people, uh, more people become members in order for them to have a vote. There was grad a, a, a rav of a shul in Brooklyn who. He was a big Tom and adam Godl. But his Shul because he wasn't charismatic enough, the Shul was looking to perhaps hire someone else. It was insane if you ask me, but there were those. <coughs> I had Hakar Satoy for this man, and there was really nothing I could do to repay him for the Toivas that he's done for me. So what I did was I became a member of his shul, so at least I could have a vote. So imagine let's say uh, if if instead of people becoming members of a shul in order to have votes um, new new people open up little shuls in a neighborhood in order so in, in order to make the majority of rabbonim uh, have a certain position does that make any sense what authority do uh, do, do rabbonim who i let's say have nothing to do with uh, don't necessarily consider authorities, um, are not rabbonim of my shul. I don't daven in their shuls. Let, let, let them control their shuls and run their shuls as they see fit. What shaykhos do they have with me? And and if so, then we're, we're not talking about roif Tamir hakhamim. Get all the people who finished shas who know shulchanorach in the neighborhood together. Let them vote. We're not even talking about that. They they're not. They don't get a vote because a person has a is a shul rabbi. So now he becomes about or was a shul rabbi. He 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 he, he, becomes, he has a day now. Does this make any sense? He has a day in my shul. He has a day over me. Doesn't make any sense. There's a uh, mice recorded about the stipler. There was a rabbonim that made a, a Tainus, there was a Tainus in a certain town in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, wasn't all the Rabonim, maybe a majority, let's say, and the stipler told the people that they're not Mashubid bachlal to do what these Rabonim say. He said, if there would be somebody, if these Rabonim would be niskabel Eitzel, Roiv, of the people in the city, as thereof, then that's one thing. But random people, because they're Rabonim, should make a takana on everybody, even people who they're not thereof. There's mamish no such thing. I'll it, it, talk about Sholem. Forget about um, Sholem ben Yisrael avinu Let's talk push it about ben adam l'chavei I once heard a pshat. Um, I don't know who said it. I know who I heard it from, but I don't know who... He said it from: uh, "s Hashem, who, who makes Sholem in the heavens or up in the sky, should make Sholem on us. So there's such a thing as gravity. And uh, if two planets would be, or stars would be close enough to each other, the gravity of each planet or of each star would like, rip the other one apart. They couldn't, they couldn't survive like that. They would collide. So Hashem makes Sholem between the planets and the stars by keeping them a certain distance away from each other. Sometimes in order to make Sholem, everybody has to uh, operate within His domain. Let everybody operate within their domain. Everybody should follow their Rabbonim. You don't have to follow somebody else's If somebody else's rov is a big Talmud chacham. then he, he could be his machayev you, al-Talmud chacham, And if there's a majority of Talmud Echachamim, that's another story. But shul rabbis, you're talking about the authority of somebody being not because he's a Talmud chacham, but because of his position. If that's the case, if his position is not a position over you, then he has no authority over you no matter what. Even the rebel Hanan said by the Mayat's Skideli at when they were uh, forming the Aguda, Rebel Hanan said that the Maytas Skideli, if there's a Godel who refuses to be part of the Aguda, either because he doesn't appreciate the Aguda's Milus or he does appreciate the Agudah's Chesroinus, if he's a Godel B'Yisrael, they need to take his Deya into consideration as well. Because there's no reason, Rebbe Khanen said, that the Moyetzes of the Agudah, because they want to be, and they were chosen to be, members of the Agudah, are the only Gedele Yisrael in the world. There is no reason why, if you're looking for Das Torah, you should only limit it to what to those members of the, the Agudah. But that's talking about Tamir HaChemim. If you're talking about shul rabbis, a majority of shul rabbis in a neighborhood, that has no pshat. Again, sometimes there's no breira. If the rabbis are the ones running the operations of the town, the mikveh, the Erev, uh, there is sometimes no breira. But that's not l'chadchila. everybody has to function within his own domain. Because, first of all, Mechtesah Mokhuyev to hold from some other Rav, random. Two, Mechtesah should have count his daya more than Talmud chacham who's not a Shul Rabbi. And three, which is related to number one, because a bunch of Balabatim hired somebody as their Rav means suddenly he has a daya over the whole town? What kind of thing is that? Now, I know that there are people uh, listening to this and thinking, well, no, 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 no. I, yes, I agree 100%. When people choose a Rav, they should actually listen to what the Rav says. They should choose them for the right reasons. I have a test that everybody, have an experiment, a a mind experiment, that I'm going to present to test to see if you really believe that. But right now, it's getting late. We're going to end now. We're going to continue the mind experiment in the next talk.